0: Listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe, with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now, alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. He played 11 football games, but the
1: one that really matters the most to a whole lot of people is the one that's coming up this Saturday in Tucson. Yes, make some noise, please, people. Welcome to All Aboard with Head Coach Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. We are at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen, and you have probably been jolted to your senses with the sound of my voice, and you're saying to yourself, that's not Tim Healy, and you would be right. I'm Jeff Munn, the radio voice of ASU's 19th-ranked women's basketball team. You were a little late on that. They They are ranked 19th in the country And we'll tell you what they're going to do this weekend coming up. But Tim is in uh, Las Vegas tonight. Sun Devil Men off to a 4-0 start. Take on Utah State at 9 o'clock on this very radio station. uh, KTAR News 92.3 FM. And that's why he's not here. I am. And you know how this goes. We do this every week during the football season at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen at uh, 3rd Street and Farmer. And we have a great time every week, whether it's a Wednesday or a Thursday. And we do this like a football game, so let's put it on the tee and kick this thing off. As in, it's time for the first
0: quarter. Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. First quarter. And Tim can take nights off, but this guy
1: can't. Here is the head coach of your ASU Sun Devils, Herm Edwards. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I tell you what, Tim, better watch out now. I mean, you, no, no, you're no, a no, good, no. You, you know, You're a pretty good, you're pretty good sidekick now. I mean, no, you're, you're no, working, no. you're working your way up now. He's the man. <laughs> okay.
1: He's the man. I'm just kind of <laughs> filling in here and there. Um, I, coach, I, I used to be a regular member of the media, so I don't try to poke too much fun at him. But I was watching your press conference. I was in an in the airport in Tulsa Monday. Okay. And I'm watching your press conference. I'm like, by the way, we are on Facebook tonight. If you go to Facebook wow. Live, and I forget what the account is, but you can see us on camera. It's uh, Unbelievable. That's right. I, I'm watching your press conference, and somebody legitimately asked you, what do you say to your players to get them ready for this? And I'm thinking, if he's got to say anything to
2: these guys, there's a problem. Well, we're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, you think about 119 years of history. Uh, of this football rivalry game. Um, it says a lot about the passion and obviously um, uh, the, what I should say, the unpleasantries that take place uh, yeah. <laughs> amongst fans <laughs> and everyone else. And I think the players that have been here obviously know a lot about the history. What we've tried to do actually is um, have some former coaches that have been involved in this uh, game as well as some former players uh, to speak about the game, about the rivalry, and uh, I think it's great. I, it's it's the, one of the longest rivalries in, in college football, uh, and uh, if you don't know that, then um, you're going to learn that here because we talk
0: about
1: it. I, I, I want to ask you some questions pertaining to that. I do. We don't want to gloss over what took place last Saturday, and I'm going to look at it glass half full. Sure. I was so impressed with the way your team responded in the second half. Down 28-13 at the half, a lot of teams would have said, it's not our night, that's it. You guys have n- have not done that all year, and you didn't do it Saturday.
2: Well, that's the makeup and the character of the team. And uh, when you think about it, and these two young men you're going to speak to tonight are, are, are big-time leaders. Uh, when you think about Manny and Nikhil, and uh, we, we've had some great leadership by our by our veteran players, I would say, in the fact that um, we've lost five games by a total of 30 points. Uh, now, that's not nothing to it's, it's nothing to brag about, but I think it, it shows the the intent of our team, their willingness to leave everything on the grass, as I say. Yes. Uh, during the contest. And that's what you do. You, you leave it on the grass because you're playing for your teammates. You understand that. And you never want to walk back in the locker room and say, you know, I could have done this a little bit more. I could have gave more. But they're giving everything they have. Now, there's moments in games you have to make plays. And then, then you know, we've won three close ones and we lost five close ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so our right. record is what it is. And and yeah. with that being said, I, I just think it's, it's, a, it's a building block for young guys because we, we're going to have a young team. I mean, it's going to be being younger next year. But there, there's a there, there's a foundation now that we're trying to build.
1: Manny Wilkins and Nikhil Harry will join us tonight. But you just mentioned it, and I, I think it's important to point out, the players continue to leave it on the grass every week. And that says to me two things. Your message is getting across, and I know you'll never take credit for it, but it is getting through, and you talk about those young players. You're going to be a big part of this program moving forward. They see the example of Manny and Nikhil, and they're saying to themselves opening night next year, leave it all on the grass.
2: No doubt, and I think it it all starts with the work ethic. And if you watch uh, these two young men practice, and it started from the first day of spring ball, it is all out. It is everything they have. They do not waste it. They believe it on the grass practicing and, then, and football is a funny game you actually practice this more more than you play right you, you just do, do you just do history of football yeah i mean you're going yeah. to practice three days a week you get to play one game right and then when the season's over what you practice all these days to play 12 games and so you have to understand that that's how you become a better football player now what we try to do in practice is create competition every day right and when you create competition your team becomes better and when you bring more competition in, your team becomes better. And that's kind of our philosophy.
1: Now, I want to get back to talking about there's so many different uh, storylines to playing this game Saturday in Tucson, which, by the way, kicks off at 1.30. Our coverage will start at 11.30 Saturday morning on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. Uh, let's get into the X's and O's, and we'll talk a little bit about the the other things, the bigger picture a little bit later on in the, in the last segment of the show. A couple of things, as I'm reading through Arizona's notes, kind of stand out at me or jumped out at me. They've had a a roller coaster kind of year, but they've got some great individual talent, both sides of the football. Now, a lot of people will focus on Khalil Tate, but they've got some playmakers on defense, too, you've got to be aware of.
2: They do, and uh, let's start with the runner. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor, I mean, he's got 1,300 yards. Yeah. People don't realize that. I mean, he, he is right behind our guy. Yeah, that's J.J. Taylor. Yeah. Eno you know, Benjamin, as far as yards uh, during the season. And, you know, they have an outstanding running game. Uh, you've talked about the quarterback. He, he is a guy that makes the unannounced play. He's very dynamic with the ball in his hand. Right. He's more dangerous when he starts running around throwing the football. He really is. Defensively, uh, they've got a, a big-time nose tackle. Um, they've got a good linebacker. Uh, you know, they play hard. I mean, Coach Sumlin does a nice job with these guys. They, they started off, you know, slow, and then they found their way. He's trying to build a program as well. So, you know, this is a rivalry game, and, and, and these kids know what this is all about, especially the guys that have played in it. Right. I mean, they understand the intent of this game, and, and so that's what makes it so fun.
1: Now, you mentioned, uh, I know that in weeks past with Tim, you, you've used the phrase, storm the castle. The mm. most important thing defensively, first order of business, make that quarterback feel uncomfortable. But with a guy that moves, he, you storm his castle, he's going to pick up the castle and relocate it somewhere else. Do you have to approach things differently?
2: Well, you do. you got to contain him and keep him in the pocket. And once he leaves the pocket, you have problems. Because then he can make plays with his legs. You know, he, he's fast. The guy's fast. He can run. I mean, it's not like he's a slow He can run. He's an ath- right. athletic quarterback with a strong arm that can make a lot of plays with his legs. So that's a concern. you got to keep him in the pocket and, and try to force him to stay in there. But it starts with the run game. You have to slow the run game down. If you don't do that, it becomes a long afternoon. And his mobility,
1: I think, is one of the reasons why Arizona has not had that many plays that resulted in negative yardage this year
2: that is correct not a lot of negative plays he gets out of those with his ability to move um the the runner i can't say enough about the runner now he's not the biggest guy but he's a powerful uh a runner he's he's about five nine five about five about five nine about 195 pounds um can't hardly see him. Right. And, <laughs> and he, he gets behind. He, he is like our guy Floyd. You know, right. You can't see Floyd sometimes. You know, and that's he's a powerful guy with with, with quickness in his body and makes a lot of explosive plays for him.
1: And uh, you know, among other things, he also returns kicks. He's averaging J.J. Taylor's averaging 22.9 yards per kickoff return. The one other area that jumped out at me is the turnover margin. Mm-hmm. You've been very good at hanging on to the football on the plus side through the year Arizona has struggled in that regard and it's the old uh, very simplistic football philosophy you don't turn the ball over you give yourself a real chance to win a football game
2: well you do uh and and we've we've done a nice job of that of not turning it over and we've created some turnovers in the last three games I think we've got we've taken the ball away nine times yeah and so that's giving your offense some extra possessions and getting our defense off the field so you know that's a formula of winning uh, as well as running the football we, we've been pretty fortunate this year to Obviously, running football pretty well. Um, uh, the Joe Moore Award is a is a award that is given to the best offensive line uh, in the country. Uh, Arizona State, for the first time in the history of this program, is one of the semifinalists in this thing. And you're yeah. talking about Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, yeah. Wisconsin. I mean, who would ever thunk, right? Arizona yeah. State, all of a sudden, is is, is touted right now as one of the finalists to maybe win this award as an offensive line.
1: I know, and that's you know what? You can point at how many times Manny Wilkins' jersey's gotten dirty.
2: It hasn't been very often. No, no, and and, and the reason for that, Mm -hmm. the ability to run the football helps your passing game. Yeah. And we've been pretty balanced this year. And it's a lot of credit goes to the players, and obviously Coach Christensen, who's done a marvelous job of coaching that offensive line. But going into the season, no one anticipated Eno Benjamin having the year he was going to have. I mean, it's just right. I mean he didn't play a lot, and we knew he was a good player. Right. But no one ever imagined he'd have these kind of stats, but good for him. Good for the offense and, and, and good for our football team.
1: I've got a theory about Eno, and I've said this to a couple of people they may have mentioned it to Tim one night. He played soccer in high school, mm-hmm. and I'm not a soccer expert, but I've seen more of it in the last two years. When you get hit in soccer, you you got to keep going. Yes. And I, I watch Eno run, and I think, I think the soccer experience is paying off for him because he gets hit, he doesn't go down.
2: You know, he has great contact balance, and and the good runners have that, and the ability to make yards after the first hit. And this is why he creates big plays. I mean, he's never down. I mean, you really have to tackle him. If you you don't tackle him, he's going to spin off you and run. And uh, we've seen it all year, his ability to do that.
1: We're going to talk in the final segment about the the Territorial Cup and the rivalry Mm -hmm. and all the things that go with it. But you also mentioned Monday in your press conference, you've been in a few rivalry games starting in high school, You were in the big game at Cal and Stanford. And you made an interesting point about your NFL days. There (laughs) there are fans will look at games and say that's a rivalry. But for players, it's not quite that way in the NFL anymore.
2: Well, it's different uh, because of the ability to have free agency. and, And players now move to two or three teams before their career is over. In my era... Um, that was not the case. There was no free agency. So either you were cut from a team before you could go somewhere else or you just stayed there your whole career. And so you understood the rivalries because you could you continued to play against those same players year in and year out. We were in the NFC East, mm-hmm. and, and our big rivalry game was, guess who? The guys with the star on the helmet. Yeah. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, you, you play against Drew and, and Tony Hill and – you know, Roger Staubach, then Danny White. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you're used to playing those guys year in and year out.
1: Yeah. And uh, somebody asked you Monday, how'd you do in that that big game, Cal versus Stanford? Yeah. You were right to the point on it. Yeah. Won twice. That's right. <laughs> yeah. What more do you need to know? <laughs> it's okay. That's what you. The big game. Well, we are. It's obviously, uh, and I, it's something that I'm sure you have heard a lot about from the moment you got to the press conference back in December, I'm sure they were telling you there's this school down south we have to beat. Yes, no doubt. Literally from the time you
2: arrived, right? Well, one of my cohorts that I worked with was Teddy Brewski. That's right. So so you were hearing about it before you left. The other one was was, was Woodson. That's right. You mentioned (laughs) that
1: too. Have you called Teddy? You said in the press conference Monday you might call no,
2: No, because Woodson's messing with it right now. They probably got a little bet going. Uh, in studio, right? So I I get it, but it's it's fantastic. I think it is. I I think when it brings two schools together this way um, and the fan base, uh, I think that's what makes the the rivalry so unique is the fans over the years have watched this, have been involved in it. Their kids grow up in it as well, and that's what makes the rivalry so unique. 119 years, that's a long time.
1: Yeah. You've mentioned before, I think back all the way back to the week of the San Diego State game, that you have no problem with players being emotional on the sideline, but you can't let it get out of control on the field. What I'm leading to is this. This is a very emotional game for the student athletes, for the coaches, for the fans. You almost kind of have to, in a way, I guess I should ask you, are you going to have to tell them or remind your team
2: to kind of bring it down a little bit no temper your emotions uh within the framework of the rules you know you you never want to put the team uh, in in a bad position and understand this uh, the game of football is an emotional game but you can't have a game marred with fouls right then the game of football looks bad and that's never the intent it's right. a physical game, but you don't want to you don't want to play the game of football where it becomes a brawl. No, that, that's not that's not the intentions, and no coach wants to see that. That's that's bad for the game of football. You know, we, right. we're all ambassadors of the game of football, whether we coach it or play it. That's true. And it has to be done in a manner where you can watch it, and people like physical hits. That's all good, but there's a line you cannot cross. And once that line is crossed, and it becomes marred with penalties. That's never good for the game.
1: No, it's not. And uh, hopefully, and i that one other thing I want to allude to very quickly, I'll let you comment on it because we're coming up on a break. Uh, this, uh, you have a very good friend on the other sideline, Kevin Sumlin. Yes. I know that yeah. you two go back a ways. Spoke to his football
2: team. Yeah. When I was uh, at the worldwide leader, you know, I would visit teams, five teams every year, different college football teams, Alabama, whether it was his team, and visited, and spoke to his team. So. Yeah, we're friends and yeah, look, we'll we'll have a cordial Conversation before the game, and, and we'll shake each other's hands when the game's over. With, but he's going to get his team ready to beat our team, and I'm going to get my team ready to beat his team. That's right. how it's going to work, and that's the way it's supposed to work. That's how that's how it works.
1: Now, we have a gentleman with us tonight who is responsible for the greatest play from scrimmage in the history of the Territorial Cup, Gene Boyd. Yeah, I don't know how many times he's told you about. We that saw play. the
2: tape. Yeah, today. Did he you act- really? He actually, he was one of the he was one of the spokesmen that talked about the cup today, uh, and that's. Yeah, he, he, he gave the team the story, and we saw the play, and then we he tells us at the end, oh, it got called back because of a penalty. Doesn't said, well, matter. It doesn't matter. We're going to have Gene on in our
1: next segment, and we're going to ask him about that play and, the, and why it is such a significant part in the history of this rivalry. Senior Associate Athletic Director Gene Boyd, who's also got some terrific news academically about ASU athletics. We'll have him on in our next segment a little bit later on. Manny Wilkins, Nikhil Harry. We're live at the Lodge Sasquatch kitchen and we're back right after this applause 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 (laughs) on the sun devil radio network
0: (laughs) let's start the second quarter of all aboard presented by coors light all right, I got a little
1: too excited. Usually, we have the student athletes on this segment, but I got—I'll I, I, explain why in a second. For the world's most refreshing beer, 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. This is All Aboard with Herm Edwards. I'm Jeff Munn for Tim Healy. Tim and Kyle on the air at 8:30 tonight on KTAR News 92.3 FM with ASU Utah State as the Devils look to go five and zero in men's hoops at the MGM Resort's main event. They get some long titles for these Thanksgiving tournaments. (laughs) You know what? A few Thanksgiving weekends ago, in 1991, when the Territorial Cup game was played at Sun Devil Stadium, our next guest was singularly responsible. Well, he had a little help. But he was singularly responsible for the greatest play from scrimmage in the history of the Territorial Cup, He is now ASU's Senior Associate Athletic Director. Gene Boyd joins us on All Aboard with Herm Edwards.
3: Thanks, Jeff. Now, I, I think there's some debate on whether that's the greatest
1: player No, it's or not. not. There's no debate as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Let me set this up, okay? Can I can I just lay the groundwork for this? Go for it. 1991, Larry Marmee's last game. Now, that had not been announced, but most everybody assumed that it was going to be his final game as head coach. We knew. We were playing for him, too. Yeah. ASU had had a long streak of non-victories. We're not going to say that L word against the U of A. And the U of A came in. Dick Tomey's the coach. They might have suited 30 guys for that game because they were so banged up. Uh, very late in the game. You all had a fourth and about 30 or something at your own 10. That's right. Devils are up 37 to 7. Now keep that score in mind, ladies and gentlemen. 37 to 7. Take it from there. It's fourth and 30 or whatever. Felipe Sparks and I were trying
3: to convince Larry Marmie to run this fake punt. We had all the stops in that game because we hadn't beaten them in so long. And we knew that that it was his last game. And uh, we were politicking on the sideline, like, Coach, let's do it, let's do it. So to our surprise, he says, Blue, which was the fake punt. Now (laughs) Felipe and I are running out on the field and we're both trying to convince Steve Roush, the punter, to throw it to him or me, right? So we're privately kind of doing this jostling. And, of course, it came my way. My hands were better than Felipe's. And, uh... Ninety yards later, man, we're we're in the end zone.
1: and yeah,
3: You have to finish it. You okay, to, well, yeah. the, 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 the but is that, uh, unfortunately, it was a screen play, and my punter, Steve Roush, threw the ball over the line of scrimmage, which meant there were illegal men downfield, a whole lot of them. In yeah. fact, nine of them <laughs> were illegal downfield. And the darn play got called
1: back, man. You know what, though? I will tell you, I was the stadium announcer at ASU at that time. And I used to sit in a chair like this with a headset mic on. As soon as I started, and I'm at the top of the stage, you can see a lot of things unfold. Right. As I'm seeing that play unfold, I knew before he even tossed the ball, they're going to fake this thing. And as soon as he completed the pass to you, I could see there is nothing between you and the end zone. I took off my headset. I stand on top of the chair with my fist <laughs> hitting the ceiling. <laughs> it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. I don't care if it has been if it was called back, and I still don't care 27 years later.
3: The story was that Dick Tomey was running, running just as fast as I was on the sideline, kind of running down there going, <laughs> I, he, I can't believe they would do this to us right now. And, of course, they want to pay back next year, but we beat them next year, too.
1: That's right. <laughs> a little fourth-quarter run. Uh, Kevin gave, Galbraith, KG. That's right. Absolutely. I'll tell you a little, just a, a kicker to that story. Uh, I was working in media relations for Mark Brand at the time, and one of the things I had to do after games was go and get quotes from the opposing coach, which was not the easiest assignment a lot of nights. And, I, and because the game was so late – all the writers were on deadline. The only guy that went down to talk to Coach Tomey was yours truly. <laughs> and Butch Henry, the former uh, sports information director at the U of A, a really nice guy and a, and a good friend, saw me, and he said, are you doing quotes? I said, yeah. He said, I'll go in and get coach. And I'm like, no, no, don't. You <laughs> know, Because they'd had this embarrassing loss, and I'm thinking, he finds out that I'm from ASU, he's going he's gonna to explode. <laughs> Dick Tomey came out, could not have been nicer to me first question i asked him was what did you tell the team and he said very softly i want you to remember how bad this feels right and if that doesn't sum up the territorial cup i don't know what does well we we, we were remembering how bad it felt to not
3: win the past eight or nine years and to have two other occasions where asu would have been in the rose bowl if not for that game you know so there was there was a lot of pent-up
1: energy and emotion and And frustration that was worked out that night. Uh, Yeah, you're not kidding. And part of the reason I stood on a chair that night was because one of those losses in 83 cost me a blind date. But that's another story for another. I had a blind date after the 83 game when Max and DeHaas kicked like a 100-yard field goal to beat ASU at the gun. Right. I go pick up the date. This is a true story. I'm not proud of it. I pick up my date. She's not a football fan. And she says, you're being kind of quiet. And I said, well, I work with ASU Athletics. We lost a day to the U of A. And we're pulling out of her driveway. <laughs> she says to me, it's just a football game. Uh-oh. I immediately put the car right back into first, drove up the driveway. I was gentlemanly about it, walked around, pulled open the door, escorted her out of the car, left her at the door, got back in the car, gone. And you're out of there, huh? And I, I wasn't being – you can applaud that, but – In all truthfulness, the reason I did it was because as soon as she said that, I thought, I got two ways to go with this. I can either go through the date for three hours and put us both through absolute misery, or I can just end it right now. (laughs) And I pushed the button and said, out. Well, I I had a little bit more luck that
3: night after the game was over with. I mean, the fans stormed the field, and they tore the goalposts down. I mean, it was was a big deal getting that win. I think there was a Cardinal game the next day. Yeah, and some, some young lady ran up and gave me a... Kiss on the cheek, so. Oh, really? Yeah, I, yeah, I was. I, I had a better experience than you did. <laughs> you're not kidding, you did. <laughs> Both in that we won the game and then the uh, resulting outcome
1: was it's, better, too. It. Uh, yeah, you're <laughs> right. Listen, I want to start first. We could talk a lot of football, but uh, we got some great news, I think it was about 10 days ago, about the graduation success rate for ASU Athletics, another year where it goes up. And I think this is like, what, seven, eight years in a row? It's, it's 11 consecutive
3: years of being... It's all-time high or better. That's yeah, that's absolutely. what it's all about. So so we're at 88 percent, 88 percent graduation success rate for our student athletes. When we started, we were in the mid 60s, um, at the lower end of the conference. Now we're at the upper end of the conference. We're two percentage points off a of third place in the league and we're anticipating in two years we'll be over 90% graduation rate for our student-athletes.
1: That is just phenomenal, and it's tremendous, and a lot of credit. I know you'll never take the credit, but you deserve a lot of it because a lot of the programs that have been set up for student-athletes to succeed in the classroom and to have this kind of performance has been set up by Gene Boyd and his staff with ASU Athletics, so you deserve a round of applause for that as well. It's truly a team
3: effort. There's no doubt about that. Coaches, staff, student-athletes. I'll leave up.
1: Now, uh, we've been talking about our memories of the Territorial Cup. Now, you know, we got to play another one here on Saturday. Uh, and I asked Coach this in the last segment. It's almost like you have to go in reverse. It, it, football players, you know this as a former player, You're going to get the adrenaline going at game time. I I would think for a game like this, the adrenaline starts flowing on Monday, and you almost kind of got to go, I got to pace myself here.
3: Well, no no doubt about it. Um, And, you know, for those who haven't played in the game before, you know, we've got some young guys who are playing on defense and all. uh, There's no way to prepare them for what that experience is going to be like. I mean, the first time you go down into that city, which will remain nameless tonight. That's right. um, You you know, and and you, you walk into the stadium, and you walk through the crowd, and you see what's happening. You know, we had a year, a couple years or several years ago, where one of our team doctors stepped off the bus and gets hit by a flying beer bottle and is getting stitched up in the locker room before the game, right? I mean, these things happen, and uh, you just can't uh, prepare people to to understand what that's all about, just the emotion, the passion, and all those types of things. But, you know, once you get on the field, all those things just cloud your vision if you're not – Appropriately managing your emotions and so that's what coach has done a fantastic job of helping the guys understand is that you know yeah we want you to be emotional and yeah you know we want you to uh put that emotion to good use but at the same time
1: you got to be controlled in your in your fury so to speak i got about a minute left when you talk to the team today how much of it can we repeat on public airwaves
3: well un- unlike uh coach coach pierce who's going to talk to the team from the other perspective tomorrow ah um, you know, he, he has a limitation on the number of curse words he can use. I usually keep mine <laughs> substantially underneath that quota. Or so, um, but, you know, we, we just expressed that, um, you know, for, for Manny sitting here in the audience, I mean, this, this is going to be his last game in a regular season as a Sun Devil. And you want to look back at that moment in time and have left everything out on that field. And you want to yeah. walk away from that thing with a victory for sure.
1: Well, I got to tell you this, and uh, obviously your role within football grew when uh, Coach Edwards was brought on board. And, and there were a lot of people waiting to see how this model was going to work out. I would say a year into it, it's pretty much thumbs up across the board. Absolutely,
3: yeah. We're, we're extremely pleased with the progress that, that we're making. I mean, you know, from a foundational standpoint and from a cultural standpoint, there's are some specific things that Coach Edwards brought to the table and wanted to instill, and, and those things are instilled, and we're just going to keep building on it.
1: Absolutely. Gene, I appreciate it. I still don't care that it got called back. It's still <laughs> the greatest play I've ever seen. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. It was fun, that's for sure. You got it. Gene Boyd, ASU Senior Associate Athletic Director. Reminder on game day, lead the driving to lift. Proud partner of Sun Devil Athletics. Download the app and enter the code SUNDEVILS for $5 off your first four rides. You've been waiting to hear from Manny Wilkins and Nikhil Harry. You will. Right after this break on All Aboard on the Sun Devil Radio Network.
0: This is All Aboard presented by Coors Light. Third quarter.
1: For the world's most refreshing beer, 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I promise the, the crowd here at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. Another quick territorial cup st- uh, story. Remember '96 when we went down and completed an undefeated season at the U of A and whooped them 56 to 14. Danny White, the legendary ASU quarterback, did the TV commentary on that game. It was on a Saturday night in Tucson. The night before, they had a production meeting for the TV crew. Meeting breaks up. Everybody on the TV crew goes back to a hotel in Tucson, except Danny, who got in his car and drove back to Mesa. Nobody on the TV crew had realized that he had bolted away. So the next day, he shows up, plenty of time to do the game, and the producer says to him, where did you go? And Danny said, I went back to Mesa. I took a vow when I came to ASU that I would never spend a night in Tucson. That is a true story. If he was here, he would back it up. Speaking of quarterbacks and wide receivers, two guys who rank pretty high in the history of Arizona State football at both positions are our guests, Manny Wilkins and Nikhil Harry. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you for having us. It's, it's good to be have you here. And uh, now this is, you know, there have been a lot of big football games. All of them are big and yet this one's a little different than all the others and you guys know that better than anybody because you've been in a few of them and i'll start with Nikhil, and uh, just give me your 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 thoughts and emotions going into this territorial cup game on saturday
4: you know this is a very emotional game this is the most important game of the season every season um you know especially when you go into tucson it's such a hostile environment you know you have to be you have to be locked in you have to be ready for for everything thrown your way
1: yeah and manny the same thing for you as the quarterback you know that you're going to have guys in
5: red and blue chasing you around quite a bit saturday (laughs) yeah i mean uh this game is very fun to be a part of um i think that this football team that we have uh not only for us realizes the importance of it, but we realize the importance of it for the community and um, the university and and how much it means to us as as just a whole group as one. So um, we're going to do our best to go out there and uh, put it on them.
1: Here are some of the numbers on on both Manny and Nikhil this year. Uh, Manny has thrown for 2,631 yards, just four interceptions. That's phenomenal to over uh, 11 games. That's terrific. Here are the numbers on Nakiel. Just this year, 69 receptions, 1,033 yards, nine touchdowns. That's not bad either, not at all. But let me let me ask the two of you, and I'll start with Manny first. This has been we've we've witnessed real growth in this program. The young players have come so far so fast. They needed leaders to kind of help them do that. Not just on the coaching staff. But on the roster, as you've watched things evolve from spring football to practices in August through the season, uh, you have to have been really impressed with the way this team as a group has grown together.
5: Yeah, um, I would just honestly, I'd say that there's been many points throughout this season where um, teams that I've been a part of in the past, you can sense that they um, deter from each other. Um, through some of the things that we've been through. And, and this team, no matter what has gone on, um, that next Monday, that next Tuesday we come to practice, it's, it's that next week and we're ready to accomplish that goal that we're going out there to win that week. Um, and uh, it's been truly a blessing to be a part of this football team. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that uh, the leadership that is been placed here at this university under Coach Herm and the staff that they have um, that that many years down the road, this this place is going to be in the right direction. Um, it's been an honor to be a part of it with you know with this guy. Yep. And uh, you can you can see the sense of urgency in guys on the field. You can see the look in their eyes that um, it's not just football. It's it's something that means something truly to them. So. Absolutely, Nikhil. I know
1: that uh, and Coach Edwards talked about it in our first segment the the work ethic example that you've set for the younger players. They've they've obviously picked up on it. Yeah, you know,
4: when, when I had first come to ASU, you know, I had guys like Manny and Jalen take me under their wing right away and, and you know, they kind of showed me the ropes and, you know, they showed me what you need to do to become an elite player at this level, you know, um, and, you know, it's the same for a lot of these these young guys, you know. In high school, they rely so much on their athleticism. Um, they're not used to having the right technique. they're not They're, they're not used to just picking up on the little things um so you know it's important for for us veterans to to take them under our wing and, and you know show them the way it's supposed to be done and and, you know, there's no better way than by example.
1: Nikhil Harry and Manny Wilkins joining us here on All Aboard with Herm Edwards. I'm Jeff Munn. And for Tim, Tim will be along at 830 with the pregame show for ASU men's basketball. We also remind you, college football team needs a quality night's rest the evening before a big game. And that's exactly what the Sun Devils get at the Hilton Scottsdale, where the team stays before all home games once again this year in 2018. Uh we talked in the first segment too about the impact that Eno Benjamin has had on this offense. As a quarterback and receiver, and it sounds odd to say this, but he, coach alluded to it. You run well all of a sudden, you can start passing, your, your options in the passing game open up. So I would take me through when you're in a game and you and Eno busts something off for like 20 25 yards. To you, Manny, that must—you start thinking immediately. Okay, we're going to start opening some things up here in the passing game.
5: No, I—I I think give him the ball again. <laughs> um, let him go until it's not working. If it's not broke, doesn't need to be fixed. Right. Um But man, it's been—he is—he's—he's he's a stud. He's loves the game of football. He's a real student of the game. Um, he understands protections. He understands line schemes. He understands, you know, the things that. Your average football player doesn't, you know, he doesn't just rely on his athleticism. He relies on the training that he has been taught in the film room, the training in the weight room. He implies things that we do off the field and the things that we train with onto it, onto the field and everything. So um, he's been a stud. And, and if you think, talk about trust game on the line last week, fourth and three, we didn't drop back and pass. We ran wildcat. We're telling everybody we're yeah. running the football our guys are better than your guys, and we're going to get it. And, and that's the type of guy that you want in the backfield um, when the game is on the line, and he's been that guy for us this year. Nikhil, do you
1: say the same thing? Eno just ran for 20 yards, give it to him again? Yeah, you know, he's a special
4: player. And, and as a receiver, he keeps you on your toes because you never know when he's going to break out of a tackle. There's been multiple times this season where, where I thought there was no way he was going to break out of a tackle. And, and, you know, there a couple of his plays I stopped blocking, and, and you know, some way somehow he got out of it and you know that's just the type of player he is and, and, and you would see that if you're around him a lot you know this, this game means a lot to him um he's very passionate about what he does and 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 his passion is what's going to make him a a great player in the future
1: let me let's give some love to the offensive line uh because the 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 strength of the offensive line has been benefited both of you as i mentioned to coach in the first segment there hasn't been a lot of dirt on your jersey this year manny i mean they've done a great job of keeping your jersey clean and letting you sit back and do what you need to do
5: yeah um those guys man they put in a ton of work um they don't get enough credit. Um, I think this is the first time since I've been here that I've seen our offensive line um, be on any awards lifts for anything. Um, and that being said, they haven't thought about that once. You know, when we were in the press conference the other day and they told Cole about being elected for it and everything, he was like, Oh, I had no idea. Cool. <laughs> Back to work, we need to go. Um, I like that. And uh, you know those guys, man. Like I said, they work so hard. Coach Christensen has done a phenomenal job with them. Having Coach Mawai, um and and teaching them how to be a pro, teaching them how to do things has always been has uh, been awesome to have him as well. Um, and I just think as a whole, as that group, it's not just five guys that plays. Um, there's about seven, sometimes eight guys in a game that go in. Um, Cade's done a really good job. When Cole's, you know, his cleat came off, or he was banged up a little bit and needs to step up, it's huge for a backup center to come in and snap the ball the way Cole does and make it like so I don't have to think about it. So that's um, a, great point. a great point. job. So yeah, so it's been uh, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. Those guys worked so hard, and I'm very appreciative of them.
1: And Nikhil, as a receiver, you know that if Manny is allowed to have the time that that offensive line provides. Uh, it's true i guess it with any level of football if quarterback's got time to find receiver he's going to find the receiver yeah you know
4: our line has been very special this season you know i noticed it because i noticed how, how how well they mesh you know they have great chemistry and you know it's it's truly like they're a band of brothers on that line you know if one goes down another one steps in he knows exactly what to do and and, and you know he they really want to protect manny you know they uh, they take that to heart and, and they, they've, they've shown that, that they, they can pro- provide and, and, and produce at a high level this season.
1: We, uh, we've talked through uh, most of the show talking about the, the talks that you uh, as players have gotten. Don Bakke the other day, Gene Boyd today, and you're going to hear from Coach Pierce tomorrow. What have you guys, and I'll start with Manny, what have you said to your teammates this week about this game?
5: Yeah, uh, Coach Hearnbach, she's going to have me speak to the team on Friday. Um, and uh, so I'll pour my Okay, we won't – yeah, we here. won't
1: say – we won't give it away yeah.
5: then. Yeah. That's right.
1: Yes, sir. I will I will just let, let that be. And the same for Nikhil, right, Coach? We don't want to give anything away that, that he – okay. Very good. Well, we'll just skip over that and go on to um, – Sorry. I mean no, no, the segments. no. This is, listen, what, what, what's important to the football team material. comes first around here, right? Absolutely. Don't worry about me. I mean, <laughs> I'm not hosting this show again no matter what you guys do. <laughs> uh, we've got about a minute left. Uh, it's it's a silly question to say what would a win mean to you guys, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I mean, I, I, I know that there's a whole lot of things attached to this in terms of football. A seventh win... Uh, changes where you might be playing one more game, yeah. but just winning that game by itself, without even thinking about, oh, we got seven wins, we're going here. That just winning the game is everything, isn't it?
5: Yeah, um, this is this is my championship game. Um, done everything in my power since I've been at this university to win as many football games as I can, and. Um, this is, this is the one that's going to mean the most to me because this is my, my last regular season game. This is going to be the one that, you know, I was talking with Gene. He was saying, this is going to be what people remember you as, you know, re- what they remember you for. And um, I tell him all the time, we just got to go out there, have fun. Um, and when we're out there having fun and relaxing and playing ball, those are, those are, those are the moments that together we embrace those and, and we create special moments that um, go way beyond football. So, yeah. Um, we're going to do everything we can to go out there and, and get this win. And, and there's – throughout this whole season, there's no regrets because I know that each and every game we've left everything on the field. Yep. And, Nikhil, I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah, you know, this
4: game means a lot to me. You know, um, in these these past couple of years that I've been here, you know, I'm sure like everybody else, I've grown to despise them more and more each season. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm taking this game very personally. Um, you know, we have a chance to win our seventh game, not send them to a bowl game. Um, you know, my freshman year, they were the reason we didn't go to a bowl game. So, you know, I'm excited for some payback this year.
1: All right. Well, that's exactly what we're looking forward to. Let me tell you one thing before I get you guys out of here. You guys are tremendous student athletes. I know how well you've performed in the classroom. There's one other thing we need to attach to both of you guys. You're both winners. I have been closer to the covering the football team this year than a lot of years in the past. And I've been so impressed with the leadership, just the toughness. And you give me Nikhil Harry and Manny Wilkins, and I'll go to war with whoever else is on the field because I'm going to win football games with the two of you Appreciate it, sir. Thank you for being here, both of you. Good luck on Saturday. Manny Wilkins, Nikhil Harry. Thank you. Outstanding ASU student-athletes. Coach Edwards is back for our final segment, and we remind you again that for the world's most refreshing beer, 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coach Edwards is back right after this on the Sun Devil Radio Network.
0: The fourth quarter is next. On All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach, Herm Edwards.
1: Hey, be sure to visit the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen here at First and Farmer every Thursday during the ASU football season. Heck, you can come down here during the bowl season, basketball. Those of you are here tonight, stick around. They'll have the ASU game against Utah State on the TVs. And we should really take a moment and thank everybody on the staff at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen for being our host all year long. And we are intending – well, we will be playing football after Saturday – as far as there being an all-aboard ab- all show, as they say in broadcasting, stay tuned for further developments. <laughs> along with uh, head coach Herm Edwards, Jeff Munn for Tim Healy. He'll be along with the ASU-Utah State game with pregame right here on KTAR News 92.3 at 8.30. Okay, somebody said, give us another territorial cub story. This isn't really about the football game. I'll do this quick. You had Don Bocchi speak to the team the other day. Yes, sir. You were probably made very aware very quickly that he doesn't care much for the
2: U of A. Um, Uh, That is correct.
1: Yes. Well, here's a story I can validate about Coach Bocchi. About six, seven years ago, we were at the Pac-12 Women's Basketball. This is when the Pac-12 Men's and Women's Tournaments were both in Los Angeles. And the men played at the Staples Center. We played at USC. And they had a shuttle bus that was getting the media around to the hotels and the two arenas. I had gone to the men's ASU game that night because we didn't play until the next day. So I run into Coach Baki, We're going to both get on the shuttle bus and go to whatever hotel we were staying at. We get on the bus. Four people in U of A gear get on with us. He could not have been nicer to them. You know, oh, your team looks tremendous. Gee, that's a beautiful jacket. Are you having a good time here? And they're just like, they're amazed. It's like, this guy's from ASU. And, you know, he's being very polite to us. And he said, we're pulling up to the hotel. And he says, "Listen, good luck tomorrow. You guys are playing. Blah, 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 blah. Good luck in your men's game. Good luck in your women's game." As they're getting out of the shuttle bus, he's saying, "Good luck tomorrow." And then he kind of says, "Of course, you know we're going to whip your p- if we play you guys." <laughs> that's him. Yeah, and that's him. I, I don't know if they heard it. I did, and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> that's it. I don't hear any laughing out there, people. That's a great story. How about it
2: for Don uh, Yeah. Yeah. De- de- he spoke to the team. He, he spoke to the team. But before we, you asked me another question. I can't say enough about uh, Manny and Nikhil. Um, oh. When you become a head coach, obviously, and you you take over uh, for another head coach, uh, your concern, and not your concern, but is is really is the, the guys that that have been in the program. How will they accept you? Um, says a lot about Manny. Manny was at the press conference the first day. Right. Uh, I was. I obviously coached Nikhil in the Under Armour All American Game with Cabal. Uh and so you know that was relieving that I could talk to two men on this football team, young men that were the leaders, and that we had a conversation uh, when I took over this team, uh, brought them to my office, and we had a nice conversation about what we wanted to do and how I was going to need their help to do this, and they've been all in from the beginning, and uh, to their credit. This is why this team has been so successful because these guys are the pillars of this football team. I mean, these guys have put a lot of time. They are the stars. Okay, right. And that's how it works. At, at any level, the stars are the stars. Right. And how the stars react to what's been, what's about to take place. When something new appears, it helps you. So these guys have had my back from the first day I got in, took this job. And I can't say enough about those two guys. I love them. I, love I, I them think, like I think
1: you, you, you're you going to get a unanimous vote on that from everybody in Sun Devil Nation. I, I have to ask this real quick. Uh, all the different places where you've been a head coach, the first team, that first year, that team kind of it's, – it's special in a coach's eyes because you are walking into a new situation.
2: Yeah, it? you're exactly right. And I can remember the first job in New York um, – we actually lost our first game. <laughs> and I can remember my wife coming to me after the game. And this is New York. You know, you put in the preseason, you win a couple right. of games, everybody's excited. Yeah. And you lose your first home game, and the people are booing And she comes up to me and says, call Tony back. We can go back to Tampa. <laughs> and I said, no, it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. We end up getting into the playoffs, obviously. That's right. I that remember kind of that. Stuff. But it's just, you know, it is. When you take over, there's a lot of people's lives you're about to affect whether it's coaches, whether it's players, administrators, all of a sudden there's a new leader that is about to appear and they need to figure out who he is and, and what makes him tick. I think I've earned the trust of this university I thus think, far. Yeah. And and, and and that makes me feel good. But I gotta earn it. I said I, I told him when I took the job. I said, I have to earn this from you. you yes. Don't give me anything. I wanna earn. I want to show you what I'm about. And and that's what that that's how relationships are built.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree a hundred percent. Now we as I said, we uh we are going to play football beyond Saturday. there's yeah. not a lot we can say about where who but I think it's important to point out the fans and we can't obviously get into specifics, but you and your staff We got about a minute left, so I'm going to give you 20 seconds to talk about how busy you're going to be after Saturday.
2: Well, we're going to be busy because recruiting starts. My staff is gone, so I'm meeting with the team Monday. No one's going to be here. All the coaches go on the road. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to talk to the team and tell them, you know, maybe we'll have some information where we're going to play in a bowl game. But uh, we're excited about this weekend. Uh, this is Rivalry Week. We get it, and we're excited about playing it. So are we, and we're excited that you're here. Well, thank you. Thank it's you nice very much. That. And yeah. I appreciate the, the support from all the fans. They have been fantastic for myself and for my family. Thank you very
1: much, Coach. Thank you. Saturday, 1.30, pregame at 11.30 on 98.7 FM, Arizona sports station. Right now, we want you to stay tuned to KTAR News 92.3 because ASU basketball comes up at 8.30. For head coach Herm Edwards and Tim Healy, I'm Jeff Munn. Thank you for listening to All Aboard from the Lodge Sasquatch kitchen on the sun devil radio network
0: you've been listening to all aboard with sun devil football coach herm edwards all aboard is presented by coors light and airs live from the lodge sasquatch kitchen in tempe arizona state football is an exclusive presentation of the sun devil radio network presented by midfirst bank